Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I sure hope you enjoy this week's episode. Boy howdy, Samurai Jack and Aku are a couple of plain old goofballs. I just wish they could get along. Now I know what you're thinking. This guy doesn't sound anything like the regular intro guy. You're absolutely right, and I cannot stress enough that I am a totally different guy. Anyway, I couldn't really think of any good jokes to say, so let's see what Jack gets up to this time around. Nice going, Dandelion. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to my... Brendan, you don't know the words? No, go on. <laughs> For old Lang Syne, my dear. Does anybody really know the words to old Lang Syne? Uh, I don't. I didn't even know that's what it was called. I don't like the word old because it's not old. It's all. Yeah. A-U-L-D. A-U-L-D. I, don't know, I think it's, so. It's even worse. I don't know. It's a mess. Hey, happy new year, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Got to recap the first episode of the new year. And today we are talking about episode 34 of Samurai Jack. Nick Montagani, I am here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, happy new year to you, my boy. Happy new year. And to all you gamers out there listening. <laughs> Happy New Year to all the gamers out there listening. Uh, Brendan, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I am actually, I don't know, maybe mildly surprised that you don't know the words to Auld Lang Syne. I, <laughs> Should I? Is that like a requirement? Brendan, you and I, I would consider us friends. Would you say that's fair? Uh, yeah, on air, I'll say that. Acquaintances. Yeah. Work buddies. <laughs> yeah. This is work. <laughs> I have a strong feeling, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just kind of gauging how I feel about you here, or kind of like your vibe. Mm -hmm. What's what's going on with Brendan these days? I'm thinking about it in my head. I would bet that you know at least one like Irish drinking song. Oh, at least one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I knew it. Are you like a... Good old sing it, sing a song in the pub with the lads. Is that oh, yeah. your kind of vibe? I'm big into that. I know several. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You totally seem like the type. Brenda, bust out a couple of bars for me. What do you got? I put my hand upon her toe, yo. Ho. <laughs> I put my hand upon her toe. This one's dirty. I don't want to do this on this. <laughs> They're all dirty. That's the, that's the fun of it. I like a good call and response drinking song uh, like that one i would do uh, seven drunken nights for that one where the guy comes home and keeps finding things in the house that don't belong to him and asking his wife what's with this and the response he says the the singer says and i says to my wife and then everybody else in the bar would say hey wife and then hey wife yeah exactly yep okay that's about as much as i could catch on i've I, i've always wanted to be yeah the guy who does the song and then everyone else joins in with me mm -hmm. but yeah i just i just don't all i know is the words to auld lang syne 
That's not a drinking song, although, have, uh, you know, New Year's Eve is maybe the classic. I mean, if you get drunk enough holiday. and you got the right mood going on, I could see people breaking out into that. Any day of the year. Yeah. Yep. You get the right you get the right vibe in the bar. You get uh, you get the right person who starts it up. Maybe you would do that at like a karaoke night. <laughs> I don't think you do it at karaoke night. People get mad It'd if you start singing karaoke. over other people singing. Do you have a go-to karaoke song for karaoke night? Uh, I don't really. I usually would pick something different every time. I like to do songs that I think are difficult to do, though. Like, I like uh, It's the End of the World as We Know It. <laughs> you fool. How can you even do that? My Very grandfather easily. one time sang karaoke, and he did, uh, what's the name of that song? Like, You Can Call Me Al. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The name of the song, and that song like has so many like quick, yeah, quick verses that I love that. Really... That's what I'm all about. Uh, Pinch no, me, no, not a good by idea. Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, I did not rap god a couple times. Nice, yeah, because I'm that guy. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done <laughs> karaoke. I mean, theoretically, it's been a long time since a lot of people have done. Yeah, I've I miss point. it actually. I used to do it uh, almost every week uh, a couple years ago. Before it was hard to do karaoke in this world of before ours. Before the I, end I, times, yeah. Before, in the the long, long ago when karaoke <laughs> was still a thing, I uh, I was very much looking for someone to partner up with me to sing uh, Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. Uh, and I was going to do the girl part and I want somebody else to do the rap part, yep. the guy, the rock rap part. Um, perhaps when we return to karaoke days in this world of ours maybe you and me can make that happen i think i think yeah. we can pull it off i think we could do it you down to do some rap rock oh yeah i got somebody to do uh d antwords fatty boom boom with me one time oh, no <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh what a commitment by that person <laughs> it was that's the, a good friend it was the woman running the uh, karaoke actually oh perfect well then yeah i mean yep. that's what she's there to do oh is it that's her job yeah you know the run the karaoke <laughs> uh all right brandon well we've talked about a lot of stuff that doesn't relate at all to the episode we're going to be talking about but that's okay yep that's what we do here i say we might as well just transition on into the recap of episode 34 of samurai jack how about it let's do it episode 34 of samurai jack titled jack and the swamp wizard swamp wizard I don't think he was ever referred to that as I a don't swamp think wizard. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, they call I don't him think a hermit? they use that specific title. Yeah, hermit. Hermit is said multiple times throughout the episode, but Jack and the Swamp Wizard is what we've decided to go with this week. Okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> Jack and the Swamp Wizard, May 10th, 2003. I'll be honest with you up front. Uh, the very first time that I watched this episode this week, I was a little hung over and uh i kind of felt like i was having a fever dream like i kind of was like not comprehending what was going on i was i felt like i was hallucinating or something i don't know some wild shit that happens in this episode yeah yep uh it it goes places that's for sure <laughs> it's really bizarre and i yeah i was kind of just like sitting there on the couch like what like is this what is happening <laughs> uh when it pretty early on in it i actually thought it was a different episode it wasn't until a little bit later uh, that I realized it wasn't the episode I was thinking of, and I got a little disappointed, actually. This is one of those rare instances where I had absolutely zero recollection of this episode at all, which mm -hmm. is, you know, there's good and bad parts of that. You know, maybe 
that's not that memorable, which is why it didn't. I don't know. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, here we go. So the episode starts out and Jack is paddling a small raft through a thick, dense swamp. Uh, there's like frogs and bugs and tall trees all around him. You know, regular swamp stuff. Yeah, swamp things. Not to be confused swamp with the thing swamp thing. Swamp also there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's there. He's the swamp wizard. <laughs> um, we get these cool like split scene, split shot sequences of like Jack paddling his way through the swamp. And then we see him like walking through towns, like asking people if they've heard any rumors about like time travel portals or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Like half the screen is him on the raft. Half of half of him is having these conversations with all these characters. Yeah. It's a cool um, way to do it without like hard cutting back and forth. Like they did, uh, in the, the Tritons episode. It's a fun, yeah. Fun way to do it. Um, he talks to three different people. There's this shadowy person who's, uh, pointing a gun at Jack through a hole in a brick <laughs> yeah. wall. I like that guy. He's a fun character. And he says to Jack, uh, Nah, man, that's some that's some magic type shum. And that's the first time we've heard someone refer to something as shum since episode two, when I think somebody referred to something as awesome shum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like a swear word? It sounds like it's a swear word. I think shit. Magic yeah. type shit. Awesome shit. That's what I'm like getting shum. from it. Yeah. It's a clever way for the writers to swear in a kid's show. <laughs> Maybe I'll bleep out every time that I've just said shum in the last minute. <laughs> So I feel dirty. And then people won't know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I'm not saying a word that really exists, so nobody's really missing much. Um, yeah, this this person tells Jack, uh, yeah, that's magic stuff. You got to go to the swamp. Uh, and then we see a hooded figure tells Jack also to visit the Hermit of Boga Swamp, this, this person says. And uh, Jack walks away from them and uh, they lower their hood and it's this three eyed lady, which again is another callback to episode two, much like Shum, mm -hmm. um, a three eyed lady, which is the same kind of creature that we saw in episode two that like went and talked to Aku, like one of Aku's spies in the city. I assumed it was the same one, in fact. So I looked this, I actually went back to episode two to see if it was the very same character. Um, it's possible it could have been, but the like skin coloring was different. Mm. Um, so I, I'm guessing that it wasn't. Did we get a voice in episode two? Did the, the character speak? I think briefly. Because uh, yeah. they sound like really stoned in this episode. Like one right. of those like surfer girl kind of people. <laughs> yeah, they're putting on like a little mysterious kind of yeah dark spooky voice or something <laughs> yeah. And yeah it does sound a little like <laughs> relaxed some would say <laughs> you gotta go see the swamp hermit um yeah i went back to make sure it was this not the same character uh brendan who oh boy we've talked about it a lot but uh the animation has really improved on oh, this yeah. show over no, the it's years. incredible how much better it gets but it's so gradual that it's not like in one episode, yeah. you're suddenly like, oh, it's really great now. But like when you go back, you're like, oh, my God, it's really great now. Like, <laughs> there are instances where like I, I've watched like all of the first 10 seasons of The Simpsons over and over and over again. And there are instances in like The Simpsons where you can see they've made like humongous leaps in animation quality from mm. like one episode to the next. And it's 
pretty jarring. I mean, not jarring because like I'm not watching The Simpsons like sequentially like, oh, this is the story of The Simpsons. Um, but like, yeah, in that in that is like much more striking. But in this, yeah, it, it, it has been gradual enough over time where like it feels like it's just been like the natural progression of things. Exactly, yeah, like, like you said. they're just getting more comfortable with the style and now they're able to do more with it. Rough stuff in episode two <laughs> comparatively. Oh, yeah. Back then I thought it looked so good. Yep. I mean, because it's a style. It's a really good like they they had a solid style. Uh, they've just improved on it now. It does look good. It does still look good. Yeah. But yeah, now it looks just even better. And then who boy, when we get to season five, things are going to be humming <laughs> right along. You'll your eyes will not believe what they're seeing. Oh, my God. But we got to make it through episode 34 first of this this TV show. So let's do that. Um yeah, he talks to that person, and then the last person he talks to is a very, like, Rocky Four style robot mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> gives Jack, like, a precise coordinates of this swamp that he's going to and actually, like, prints out a little map for Jack from I his really like chest. That. Yeah, I think that was my favorite bit in the whole intro. It's like, here's a map <laughs> I printed for you. <laughs> Have a great day. It keeps, it literally, yeah, like, keeps babbling on with, like, some technical mumbo-jumbo and says to Jack, like, press enter when ready. But Jack has, like, already walked away before it, like, even said that. <laughs> I love when they make robots very robot-y mm-hmm. on this show. Yep. It's a good thing they do. Yeah, because, like, sometimes they don't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're people, and then Jack cuts them in half, and you go, oh, wait, they were robots. <laughs> but then sometimes they're just robots. Sometimes they're just robots, man. Um, yeah, Jack, he has those conversations and they've all told him to go to the swamp and we see Jack, yeah, paddling this little raft through the swamp and uh, he paddles up to this big tree trunk, uh, that's sitting in the middle of the swamp and there's like a, a horn hanging from it, like a, like a musical horn Mm -hmm. and, uh, Jack hops up onto that log and we can hear the voices of those characters again, like instructing him to go to the swamp and blow the horn. I think there's another moment where they have the robot voice again and it says, press enter when ready for yep. a second time. Yeah. <laughs> they have the other two characters like repeating, like how to get to the swamp. And then the robot is just press enter. <laughs> <laughs> Please control alt delete. Um, yeah, Jack jumps up and he grabs that horn and he blows into it. And then suddenly there's bubbling beneath the surface of the swamp water and a huge gnarled tree rises from below the surface of the water. And uh, on the front of this tree, there's a small little door and it bursts open and the hermit of the swamp pops out from this door and says to Jack, who dares to blow my door horn? <laughs> uh, and he's kind of familiar looking. So, okay, it's just Aku. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) The hermit is just Aku, but he's shapeshifted himself into like this very short squat little hermit that's got the same like same eyes and mouth and like flaming eyebrows. Like it's basically the same exact Aku face, Um, but he's very short and squat and he's got like this 80s hair metal like platinum blonde wig on Mm -hmm. he's so good (laughs) he's also putting on like a slightly higher voice like he's he's kind of disguising his voice a little yeah and it sounds like he's trying to do like a different accent like sometimes it sounds like he's trying to put on like a cartoonish like chinese accent so this is one thing that i wanted to bring up brendan i'm I'm glad that you've you've gone down this road i this is i don't know i'm trying to be 
sensitive. I'm Can trying to be PC. Yeah. I, this is maybe a problematic thing to say, but I'm going to condition it in many ways to try to get myself out of any <laughs> wrongdoing. I think in this episode, it's very hard to understand most of the things that Mako is saying, mm-hmm. which, and this is where I'm going to condition it, which I feel really bad for saying that for two reasons. One, 99% of the time where Mako is just being Aku and doing Aku's regular voice, I do not have this problem. Right, yeah. Mako is not a native English speaker, but speaks, you know, fluent English. And and when he is playing Aku, like, I never have this problem. But when he's playing this hermit character, I was very happy to watch this a second time with subtitles on to, like, make sure I understood the lines that he was saying. Yeah, no, I got that. There were definitely several times where I, I didn't quite catch what he was trying to say. Um, but I think which is like I said, it sounds like it sounds like he's not doing like the Aku voice. It sounds like he's right. trying to put on like a slightly different accent. Yeah, um, I think you're right, but I'm not sure. I, I love to ask. It was him. <laughs> well, it's I, I'm so sorry to say that's not possible now at this point. Uh-huh. Um, I know that's very sad, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, yeah, it just is. I don't. I don't know. I I think maybe that was on purpose, but like it made it kind of like hard to follow along with like a lot of what was going on in this episode, which was kind of frustrating. So I felt bad for that reason. But I also felt bad because like during the episode, I feel like Mako was having a lot of fun delivering Mm -hmm. these lines. Like you could kind of hear he was having a good time, like giving Jack a bunch of shit. Oh, yeah. You could you could hear that he was like smiling in a lot of the lines, even though Aku's not right. You could tell he was like kind of had a a little chuckle to his voice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was having a good time. You know, this is a new character for him to get to play, which he doesn't get to do on this show. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel bad, like, having an issue with that. But, like, it was a legitimate issue that I had. Mm-hmm. So it's just that's it's just the way it is. Yep. No, that's fair. Um. OK, so there's all that, Brendan. Uh. So it's just a coup. And now before we get back into the recap of the episode, this brings up a very, very very important question that we have to consider for the rest of this episode. At what point does Jack know that this is Aku? Well, see, I'm not sure. Uh, without spoiling the ending of it, um, I feel like he might know the whole time. I don't... Uh, but I don't know why he would go along with it the whole time. This is exactly the problem that I have, because, like, he does, I mean, yeah, without getting too deep into the events that go later on, like it does seem like at a certain point it clicks for him, but he goes through a lot of steps to do Aku's bidding in this episode, mm-hmm. even in like the early on like interactions that he has with him that we'll talk about in just a moment. Like he doesn't seem to have any clue that it's Aku. Yeah, well, I, I feel like they don't really let on that he knows until he like tells you. Until he tells us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so it's hard to tell. Like, I, I feel like. If there was a point and it wasn't right away, it would probably be the third artifact. Yeah. I would say it was about the point he figured it out. Okay. Something along the... Yeah, somewhere around that point, I think, is where I also think. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I have some notes later on that we'll talk about, but... It just, it's one of those instances... I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get too far myself ahead of myself with, like, my my critical thoughts on this episode, but like, you know how I feel about when like Jack is just being this biggest stupid fucking dumbass on the planet is something <laughs> yeah. that infuriates me beyond explanation. Yeah. I mean, at this point in the show too, like Jack having seen Aku so many times and having seen him transform into so many different people, he I must feel know, like he's got he to can know. just recognize him. Like he's like, he's got 
green skin and red flaming eyebrows. That's probably Aku. And that is the joke, is that it's so obviously Aku. Yeah. But like Jack doesn't seem to be in on the joke for a very long time. For and it mo- bothers yeah. the fuck out of me. <laughs> uh, it's all right. Still fun at points, but I just I just can't forgive <laughs> Jack. Jack is Goku. You know what? Jack is Goku. Yeah. Goku is fucking dumb and mm-hmm. does stupid things, makes bad decisions, and doesn't recognize very obvious things going on in the world around him. Jack is Goku. I've decided. <laughs> I was giving Jack maybe too much credit early on, but I think Jack and Goku are one and the same. Yeah, the same character. It's the same story, just a different coat of paint. Jack never dies. As far as we know. Yeah, well. I don't know. Time will tell. Anyway, <laughs> that frustration aside, let's continue on with the recap, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Hermit of the Swamp, as we know him, he uh, pops out of the, the door of this, this log and uh, yells down to Jack. I am called Jack. I am a traveler. Mm. Never heard of you. I'm a hermit, after all. And I have little time for vagrants. What is your business here? I seek to travel back in time, and I am told you may know of such things. Time travel, hmm? Come with me. We go inside this tree, and it's, uh, it's like a little room that's full of, like, all these strange artifacts and doodads and knickknacks lying around all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's a, a collection of garbage. It looks like he's been up to some science experiments, but also, yeah, like maybe making too many bids on eBay and not retracting his bids before it's too late. (laughs) He actually mentions that he collected them from all kinds of different cultures. And I immediately went like, how you're a hermit. You're not going to these places. This isn't what hermits do from my (laughs) knowledge. Um, Jack like starts to kind of explain what his goal is, but the hermit very quickly silences Jack immediately and uh, like tells him to shut up, which is something that he'll do for pretty much the rest of the episode. Whenever Jack tries to speak, he gets shut down immediately. <laughs> but uh, the hermit, as I'm referring to him at this point in the episode, because we don't know who he is, mm-hmm. um, he uh, he says to Jack, well, you know, maybe we can help each other out. And uh, just like you said, Brendan, uh, he says that he uh, he studies the lore of ancient days and he collects all these ancient mystical artifacts. And we kind of pan the camera around the room and look at all these weird things lying around the room. Um, And he asks Jack if he's ever heard of the Titans, he says. Remember the Titans? He asked I was Jack. about to make that joke. <laughs> I didn't even have that written down, but it's just so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Uh, I I probably won't watch it now that I just said it. <laughs> Denzel. Um, Denzel Washington's in that, right? I, I honestly don't remember. I haven't seen I that movie since I was little. Remember the <laughs> Titans. 2000, Denzel Washington. I was right. Nice. Coach Carter, a similar vibe. Have you ever seen Coach Carter? It's got Samuel nope. L. Jackson in it. Nope. I wasn't big into sports, so I didn't watch... Sports movies. Sports movies can be good. They can also be, yeah, really lame mm-hmm. and over the top. I, I would watch them if my cousin recommended them and they were like funny, but otherwise I wouldn't. Most of them aren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we'll do a sports movies podcast and we'll find the ones that really rise <laughs> to the top. That sounds awful. <laughs> sure, it already exists and somebody's probably probably doing a much better job of it than you and me <laughs> would do. So that's fine. Um, Yeah. 
asks if Jack has ever heard the Titans, and Jack starts to respond to that, but it gets quickly silenced again by the Hermit, who starts to tell the story of the Titans. It's kind of cool because the screen like fades to white behind him, and uh, it's streaked with like this funky orange starfield nebula, like wispy cosmic trail going across mm-hmm. the screen. Yeah, it's really nice looking. It's this fun pattern that we're going to see like a lot of other times in this episode, which is kind of cool. I think it would be fun to like have a paintbrush in like Photoshop or something that makes this starfield pattern and just like draw some cool shit with it. Yeah, you probably do something like that. You could do it with like a white layer and then the pattern behind it. You know, you know so much more about and this then than you use an eraser on the white layer. You know so much more about this than I do. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah. There are some shows that are made entirely like that, where there's like a texture. Uh, I think Chowder, if you remember Chowder, was like that. Um, there would be like a texture and somebody's shirt would be like a carpet texture or something. And as they would move along the screen, they would it looked like they were moving on top of the texture. So like it would kind of pan the opposite direction that they're moving because the texture itself never moves but their shirt That's is like a, cool. a window into it yeah i like that yeah yeah we're looking at that that funky orange cosmic trail and uh the hermit is telling the story of the titans he says uh he actually says before the birth of aku which is i think fun to refer to himself as we'll find out here shortly <laughs> well man spoilers uh, oh sorry uh i'll bleep that part out um <laughs> But he's yeah, he says that uh, the Titans ruled over everything and the camera kind of pans over and we see all these badass Titans that are like standing in this star field. There's some really cool character designs that like we don't focus on at all. But like, I don't know. Atlas is there. I know Atlas because he holds the world up. Yep. Um, Although, would he have been doing that at that point in time? I'm not sure that he always did that. I think that was a punishment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened after the fact, but it was an easy way for us, the audience, <laughs> to know who we were looking at. My my timeline's all messed up here now. Mm, I can't get down with this mythology. Yeah, I don't know. The Hermit story, I don't think you read the books closely <laughs> enough. Um, There's also like a badass sun titan who I think is Hyperion. Uh, I, I think, think that's I think that sounds right. I'm not. That's who we're referring this to. This is Greek, right? That's right. Yeah, uh, I think that's right. Because I'm pretty sure that Helios is the Greek sun god, not the Titan. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not. As we've discussed before, you know, Norse mythology and and Egyptian mythology, those were my jams. Greek mythology, I got I got a little I got a little ways to go. I've only played Hades so many times in the last (laughs) couple of years. Greek mythology, I'm more familiar with the gods than the Titans. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. The Titans is maybe one of the stories that they don't Mm -hmm. tell enough times. But uh, we should all remember the Titans, just like that movie. With Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was in that. Came out in 2000, right? Mm-hmm. You know the one. Yeah, I know the one. And remember Coach Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Samuel Jackson. You got it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I pay attention. <laughs> uh, he's telling the story about the Titans, and uh, he says that Kronos was the king of the Titans. The camera pans over, and we see this big blue Kronos sitting in a throne. He's got this giant white beard that's in like a flying w shape Mm -hmm. sticking out beneath this big golden helmet it's pretty cool yeah yeah the hermit's kind of telling this story and it's it's beginning to feel a little bit to me like aku's fairy tales but not as entertaining yeah i got that kind of vibe and i at the time this is what i was talking about i expected the whole episode to be like this kind of like origin story thing right um but it's not 
That's not the one. Nope. We'll get there. So he's talking about Kronos, and then uh, the hermit introduces us to uh, this week's MacGuffin, which is three <laughs> gems that Kronos had crafted. And uh, he describes the first one as the Eye of Kronos. And we see this blue gem flying into a golden helmet. And uh, the hermit says this one was to, uh, to focus his vision of the universe. So sounds important. Yeah. Then the, the other two gems were the Fists of Might and ability, and then two more of these gems fly into these big golden gauntlets, and uh, the hermit says that these were made to grasp onto the cosmic essence, which is kind of cool, because then we see one of those gloves like grab onto that wispy nebula trail and kind of like form it into a shape, which is kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, it's very cool. I like the visuals for this story a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. I just like that. I just like that pattern. I don't know. <laughs> it's doing things for me. But the hermit says that you know, with these with these tools, Kronos uh, became very powerful, but he also became very paranoid and and arrogant. He says, and uh, there's this <laughs> great image of Kronos like sucking in this cosmic trail into his big, wide open mouth and literally inhaling like all of the other Titans with him, which yep. I think is kind of fun. It's like the the Titan Kirby. It's like a Kirby <laughs> was a Titan. Yeah, I mean, he did kind of do that. So that's fair. I'll give it to him. But then we get back to kind of the classic Greek tale and Zeus defeated the Titans and uh, we see Zeus come in and uh, defeat Kronos and then chained him to a fucking planet that's floating in the middle of outer space. Is that the real story of what happened? Um, I thought he sent him to hell uh, with yeah. all the other Titans, but I don't know, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> And this one, he's literally chained to what looks like Mars and, yeah, just, like, cast out into the depths of space. Yeah, I could have swore that they locked him all the way in, like, a bunker down in uh, Hades. Tar in Tartarus. I in Tartarus, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I That's what I thought. But I like the idea of more of <laughs> Kronos being chained to a planet just floating off into the galaxy somewhere <laughs> never to be seen again. That's gnarly. Um. And uh, from here, Zeus, he cast those gems back down towards Earth, hoping that nobody would ever find them. And uh, we can see them, the, the gems hurtling through space towards the planet Earth. And we can actually see like the shape of the continents as we know them today. It actually looks like one of them kind of lands near us, Brandon, near yeah. you and me up here. And I in saw that yep. the northeast. Maybe we should go try to find that back. I wonder which one of the ones that would have been. Hopefully... With the helmet one, because then, you know, if you're going to have one of the gauntlet ones, then you got to get the other one to have the full set. And it's just not I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the time. Um, fades back to the hermit telling the story, and he says that he's discovered the locations of those gems and he's holding these very three shitty looking maps up to Jack. And he says, uh, hey, you know, with your help, we're going to go get these gems and we're going to tear open a fabric in time and space and we're going to send you back home. Mm hmm. Which Jack doesn't react to at all, but then the hermit says to him, uh, oh, well, let's go claim what you're looking for. And then he gets a shit-eating grin on his face, and he says, unless you're a coward. Oh, them fighting words. Which is so unnecessary, because Jack wasn't putting up a fight. <laughs> he never said, no, I'm not going to do this, you crazy old coot. <laughs> you can just tell by the way he was looking at him. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. It's just Aku having fun, like... Maybe that's the moment where he figured it out. Maybe because then he was like, mm, I don't know. But then he was like, well, actually, it does sound legit. Like I could probably use those. 
if I can get them all. That's yeah. I mean, that's possible. I don't know. He just then, yeah, does so many things and still like delivers these gems to mm-hmm. Aku. I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's but I got issues. Um, <laughs> yeah, it cuts back outside and the two of them hop on that raft and they raft. They they sail away into the swamp together on this raft. Uh, we've been talking now. Oh God, for a long time. And Brendan, I feel like. I even wrote down in my in my show notes here, uh, I feel like I've been watching this episode forever, but to this point, it's only just been under six minutes, including the opening credits. Yep. Uh, there's a lot happening. This is a very dense episode. It's a heavy one, <laughs> for better or worse. Um, Jack and the hermit, they're paddling downstream, and uh, that short little hermit man is scowling, standing behind Jack on the raft. And uh, he looks over into the water and sees the reflection of himself. And sure enough, the reflection that we see in the water is Aku. And there's a big music sting like yeah. we didn't know that it was actually <laughs> Aku. <laughs> I loved that. Like the camera kind of pans up the body a little bit. And when it gets to the head, it's like, boom. Like, oh, my God, oh my. I am shocked. <laughs> I wanted to yell at the screen and go, Jack, look out. <laughs> Turn around, Jack. <laughs> that was really funny. I know, thinking that the viewers are as dumb as Jack is in this moment. <laughs> um, I do think it is fun, though, that like Aku's reflection isn't changed even when his shape shifts. I think that's kind of a fun wrinkle. That's interesting, and I wonder if that'll ever come up again. Um, I, yeah, I had the same thought. Because like that, that does seem like important. Like That is a limitation to his seemingly limitless transformation powers. Right. Yeah. It, this is a way where he can, he can get got mm-hmm. as if, yeah, you know, we just see him reflected in water or a mirror or something. It's like a reverse vampire. You can see him in the mirror, but it's just him. Yep. I thought that was interesting. I'd be willing to bet it doesn't come up again. Probably but it was not fun in the nope. moment. I think most of the time I'm like, I hope that comes up again. It never does. <laughs> and it never does. <laughs> and it never does. It never, ever, ever does. <laughs> We like it when it happens, and then they don't give us any more. The <laughs> Samurai Jack story. <laughs> I love this show. Uh, anyway, Aku, who I'm now going to refer to as Aku, now that we know it's Now him, that we know. <laughs> <laughs> he panics, seeing his own reflection, and uh, he yells at Jack and tells him he's going too slow, and he says like a magic chant, and from the water beneath him, this giant alligator rises out of the swamp and literally Completely lifts their raft the into the air because he's <laughs> flying in the sky. I love this flying alligator, this giant alligator. <laughs> he's a great guy, this alligator. I love him very, very dearly. <laughs> I thought it was so ridiculous that it started rising and then just didn't stop. <laughs> Kept flying, literally floating yeah, above the water. Uh, Aku says to the alligator, uh, Vamanos, muchacho, you're our new ride. Oh, is that what he said? (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) He said, Vamanos, muchacho. (laughs) Okay. So it's good to know that, you know, Aku's at least been doing his Rosetta Stone classes. (laughs) Yeah. He's been keeping up on his Duolingo lessons. (laughs) Doing both, Um, wow. You know, it's they don't offer the same kind of common phrases. So you really got to be well-rounded if you're <laughs> going to be a worldly person like Aku is. Um, Yeah, they're now traveling through the swamp on the back of this gigantic alligator. And uh, it starts to rain. And they reach this Aztec-looking temple sitting in, like, the middle of the water somewhere in the swamp. And uh, Jack 
hops off the alligator and starts to climb up the steps of this temple and lends a hand to Aku to like pull him up onto the steps. But uh, Aku tells Jack, nope, uh, you've got to go do this alone. It's all on you, buddy. Um, Jack climbs up the stairs of the temple and enters into this big chamber. And he looks around and there's like some carvings on the wall, like statues of like Aztec gods or something. And he, uh, Jack is very surprised to see in the middle of the room, there's a little pedestal with a giant golden helmet sitting on it with a blue gem, like right in the forehead of the helmet. So sure enough, the hermit was telling the truth. These, these artifacts do exist in this world. Yeah. But, but when uh, Zeus sent them back to earth, so nobody would find them, he did a real bad job. Did a real they, shit job. They built a temple around the goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally yeah, putting them on display with a shining light directly on them. I know. Well, I hope nobody ever finds them. <laughs> Don't look at do, this. Do you? <laughs> um, yeah, he sees that that helmet sitting in the room and he approaches the helmet. And sure enough, yeah, it's huge. It's like way bigger than mm-hmm. Jack is. Um, and Jack picks it up. And the pedestal sinks into the floor and the door of the temple closes behind him. And uh, Jack looks up into the ceiling where there's a little hole in the ceiling where Aku is poking his little head in and yelling at Jack to like hurry up and get out of there. And uh, the room starts to fill up with water because it looks like the temple is actually sinking into the swamp. Yep. Um, And yeah, there's water spouting out from like the floor and like all of these little carvings all around the room. Um, and Jack tries to swim up in the water, holding that helmet, but it's extremely heavy and he loses his grip and it sinks down to the floor of the room. Brendan, how does anybody ever save somebody that is drowning? That's what I kind of had my thought in this moment. Like, how does anyone literally ever save a drowning human being? I don't know. It's remarkable. Like if they're under the water. Yeah. I can't even fathom it. You have to be an unbelievably gifted swimmer to be able to do something like that. Yeah, I can't really swim at all. I can like doggy paddle around a pool, but put me in a situation like this and I am useless. I can half ass like a little swimming job if you need me to. You know, I got to <laughs> swim from point A to point B. I can I can get that. I can get that done. But the <laughs> idea of yeah. Someone swimming under the water to drag like a a big heavy object back up to the surface of this water just blows my mind. Like I, I God bless any person who is like a lifeguard and can do this kind of shit and like saves people because I just can't even imagine being able to do something like this. Yeah. It's insane. I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea either. It it boggles the mind. But Jack is not trying to save a person. He's trying to get a big golden crown out of the water. Um, and he uh, swims down to the floor to try to grab it. And he sees this water jet that's like blasting up from the floor right next to him. And he plugs that helmet straight into that water spout and then sits in the helmet. Like it's a teacup at Disney world. Yeah. It's kind of fun. And it blasts, it blasts Jack up through that hole in the ceiling, like way up high into the sky, way high above the temple. And this big pair of claws reaches out and catches Jack as he's falling in midair. And Aku is riding a pterodactyl now. This is like another fun episode of like Jack and the Traveling Creatures. There's more traveling creatures that we've been introduced yeah, to. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. I mean, all the creatures in this episode, I really like. They're so I good. Love the alligator. Love the pterodactyl. I especially the love next the, next the, the next one. The next one is the best one. Yeah. Oh, you're 100% right. 
Aku's, yeah, he's got a whole menagerie <laughs> of like gigantic <laughs> mobile creatures. Oh, they're so good. They're really good. This pterodactyl snatches Jack out of the air and Aku scolds Jack and tells him to quit horsing around. And then they fly towards some mountains in the distance. Yep. Uh, they fly into this mountain range and towards the tallest mountain and they reach the top of the mountain and it's kind of like open at the top. And we can see these small platforms of rock are suspended in the air above these tall pillars of wind gusts beneath them. Yep. <laughs> this is the most video gamey section of Extremely the Extremely video gamey. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We, you always have to have a little bit of video game yep, stuff. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, it appeals to you and me <laughs> strongly. Um, but uh, on one of these little rocks floating in midair, we can see one of those gigantic golden gauntlets just sitting on that little platform. And uh, they fly down to a stone door that's at like the base of this mountain. And Aku again tells Jack that he has to go in alone. He's not going to help him. And he actually tells Jack, <laughs> he says to be quick because the pterodactyl gets cranky. And then he smacks the pterodactyl in the back of the head with a <laughs> gigantic stick. Yeah, he bashes it. <laughs> it's like how you know that uh, – anytime Yoshi sticks his tongue out when Mario's riding on its back, it's because Mario's punched him in the back of the head. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> um, yeah, Jack walks inside the mountain and he looks up at these strong updrafts of wind that are suspending those rock platforms high above him. And uh, there's like a dandelion that's in this this cave and it and the seeds fly off of it and soar up into the wind, filling Jack with the inspiration of a of a cunning plan. Yeah, not sure why that would be there uh, among all these rocks with no other vegetation. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the 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 regular geolo- geography of of dandelion growth i couldn't tell you where it is and is not possible for them to grow so it's super convenient that the seeds didn't blow off until jack walked in the room maybe he disturbed the airflow just enough that it blew the seeds off yeah that's true maybe he let out a big sigh and then they they (laughs) flew away from his hot breath that's possible um he's got an idea and he unties his gi and ties the belt around his feet and basically like creates a wingsuit Mm-hmm. For himself, I love any time that Jack uses his gi as like a flying mechanism. It happens rarely, but any time it does happen, it's very silly. Yeah, yep. He's very resourceful, that guy. He knows how to use his gi to the fullest extent. Um, and he starts sailing up in the air on one of these these pillars of wind, and he smacks into the underside of one of the rocks and uh, floats back down to the ground and looks back up and kind of thinks about it for a minute. And then uh, he flies like partway up one of the wind chutes and like lands on a platform and then starts kind of like hopping back and forth from like wind gust to wind gust until he's almost at the top. This, yeah, extremely video gamey. It felt very reminiscent to me of a very specific level from Rayman 2. Oh, I I never got very far in Rayman 2. I was very bad at it. It's tough to go back to now. Mm. Um, I I mean, I was bad at it at the time. (laughs) I I was also not very good at it, but yeah, it's it's extremely video gamey. This whole sequence, yeah, like timing out mm. the wind, the wind gust jumps. I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, um, this is actually I wanted to bring it up before we move on from this section. Uh, this is the only art so far in the show that I don't like is when we get a shot of these wind gusts from below, like against the rocks. It looks to me like they took a 3D cylinder 
and applied mm. the 2D gust effect to it moving up. And it feels like the only time so far they've cheated, uh, but I, it's very noticeable to me. And maybe they didn't. Maybe like maybe they just did it so well that it looks like a 3D model, but something about it seemed off. As an artist yourself, you've got a much sharper eye for these sorts of things than I do. So it didn't really bother me, but like thinking about it now, I can kind of see what you're saying. Yeah, they're like perfect cylinders with like a texture on the outside of them. Yeah. Uh, And maybe they didn't do that, but that's what how it looked to me. And I I think it looked (laughs) bad. That's all right. You know, we just talked about how they've come such a long way in the animation of the show. There's only so much budget to go around, Brendan. You <laughs> That's know, you why I thought it was so important to bring it up now. <laughs> just to knock them down a couple pegs. We got to <laughs> can't inflate You're not their... that special, yeah. Gendy. <laughs> Your art's good, but, you know, look at those gusts, man. Could be better. Learn to gust, you <laughs> fucking fool. Learn to gust, I said. You'll never work for Disney at this rate. Maybe DreamWorks will hire you. They work for Cartoon Network. <laughs> um, yeah, Jack is, he's flying around, having a good time. He soars way high up in the sky, like way high above that platform that's actually holding the gauntlet. And then he dive bombs down at it like Batman in the Arkham City games. Yep. So more video gamey stuff going on. Um smacks right into that platform and grabs onto the gauntlet. It's, again, like more than twice his size. It's like absolutely gigantic. Mm -hmm. And Aku flies by above him on the pterodactyl. And uh, my subtitles on HBO Max told me that Aku yells at Jack and says, nice going, young one. But listening to the episode, he very clearly says to Jack, nice going, dandelion. He does say dandelion, yeah. Because that's what we've seen. So I'm not really sure what happened. Here maybe the HBO maybe Max they found that offensive in some way. And we're like, okay. hmm, let's not write that, but let's not censor it as well. Hmm. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. HBO is all about like changing things that they find might be offensive. Well, and Disney Plus, too, is like the ultimate oh, yeah. offender when it comes to stuff like that. So, hey, why don't yeah, we after this, let's sit down and watch some Stark Raving Dad the best episode of Simpsons. It's not the best episode, but I know I know what you're trying to get at. Um, Song of the South is not on Disney Plus. That's probably for that's fair. That, I don't think they've released reason. that movie it's in a very, very long reason. time. <laughs> There's a very good reason for that. Uh, Splash Mountain, a fantastic ride, and I am actually very excited to see what they do when they change it into Princess and the Frog, which is supposed oh, to. Is that what they're doing point. with it? That's what they said. I, I bet it will look very good because uh, spoilers, uh, spoilers is not the right word. Uh, News flash: uh, Princess and the Frog is a very good movie. Uh, I have never seen it actually. I, it looks good. good, like uh, the art, uh, and I guess it looks fine. <laughs> the stuff, the I, art I and the stuff. I kind of got over uh, Disney princess movies a long time ago. That's fair. That's fair. The music is very good in it too. So the ride, I think, is going to be a very mm-hmm. good time. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, they're that's they're very good at what they do there. Those Imagineers. I'm a Disney boy, Brendan. You know this. I do. <laughs> Nick is uh, showing me his Disney uh, spirit jersey with a picture of Mickey uh, with the British flag on it. And it says Epcot. I'll post a picture of that on our social media. <laughs> no, I will absolutely not. I will absolutely not do that. Um, that wouldn't confuse but- the brand at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
tomorrow's recap, me wearing a spirit jersey. We can talk about that for an hour and a half. <laughs> We've talked about it probably for too long now at this point, but it's okay. We're going to continue on. Got to commit to the bit. Uh, thank you, though, for reading that out loud. Yeah, you're welcome. Or, or kind of giving our, our listeners a peek behind the curtain of yeah. <laughs> what goes on here. Uh, all I'll say is, Brendan, I see your dog sitting behind you. Oh, yeah, he's staring at me right now. He's which been happens, staring at me. <laughs> which happens every time we record. <laughs> Um, just, I can't stop looking at him in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he could hear me. I would be calling to him, but that's okay. Just take those headphones off and we'll have a good time. Well, maybe we'll do that after we're done recording here. We'll see. Um, yeah, Jack has got the gauntlet and tosses it up in the air to Aku. And Aku takes it and puts the gauntlet, the gigantic, huge gauntlet, into a much smaller bag that he yeah, has. And he puts it in his bag of holding. It just tucks away neatly into this little burlap sack, and Aku puts it away like nothing. Um, Jack jumps good up off of this platform and grabs onto the pterodactyl's leg, and they fly away into the sky. There's only one more of these mystical gems that they've got to go get. Mm -hmm. Cuts to nighttime, and Jack and Aku are riding on the back of what we've already said is our favorite traveling creature in this episode. It's a big, dumb, fun, goofy, cartoony, slithering snake slip sliding it. away through the middle of the desert. It kind of looks like the the snake monster from Beetlejuice. It's Beetlejuice, got like stripes yeah. on it and everything. Yep. You're 100% right. It's got the same kind of vibe. It's, yeah, this big, sleepy looking snake sl slithering around with the two of them riding on his back. I love this good snake so much. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So good. I enjoyed it's, it's, I don't know. I think I enjoyed the creatures in this episode more than I think two of the three traveling creatures from the episode Jack and the Traveling Creatures. I think all of the creatures in this episode, I think, hit higher than those ones yeah. did. Although I did really like the very tall one. Yeah, I would say if we take the tall one uh, from that and then maybe I would get rid of the pterodactyl. I agree. This one, uh, then we'd have like the perfect creature trio. Perfect set. Yeah. Yeah. There was kind of a pterodactyl in that one. And then this one, it's similar. They're kind of a wash. It's just a regular ass pterodactyl in this one. In that one, at least That's it was true. kind of like a dragon. A little dragony. Yeah. Um, But this time the snake is the star of the show. I love the snake. Oh, very yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slithering around the snake too. <laughs> <laughs> They're slithering around the desert on the snake, and they approach this very large geodesic dome that's made up of glass panels, like in the middle of the desert. Uh, Brendan, what's your favorite geodesic dome? Did you? I was about to ask you. Did you look that up? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the word geodesic before. Yeah, that's a thing. A geodesic dome. That's a. <laughs> That's a classic kind of structure that you can make. I want one that looks like a, a soccer ball. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. Brendan, I would, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you an easy out for this. Uh, the best geodesic dome that exists is uh, Spaceship Earth, which is the big ball in Epcot. At okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on that. Well, me and my friend, he's holding up the uh, Epcot shirt once more. <laughs> me and my friend went to Epcot and we rode that because it had no line, I think 20 times in a row. Yep. Just to keep taking that quiz at the end and seeing what different jobs we would get in the future. Yeah, see you living in like a big glass house in yep. the clouds or or you're like on a virtual conference conference sitting on the beach mm -hmm. somewhere. But the uh, the smell of the fake smoke during the section where the town is on fire started to Rome make me burning. sick. Yeah, that started to make me really sick because I, I don't know fair. something about that. Like a, it's a fake 
wood burning smell. That's one of those things about Disney World is there's like famous Disney World ride smells. Like mm. what are the famous smells and on all the rides? And that's one of the ones that like comes to mind first. And then other ones are like the water on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it's like a very distinct smell, but it's just like dirty water. Yeah, <laughs> is that one they add or is that just? A natural occurring. I think that just kind of shook out that way. That's not like them pumping uh, cookie smells onto Main Street. That's (laughs) that's just stagnant water. (laughs) This is scientific. Yeah, this is this is this is the real deal. The Rome is burning smell, though. I can see how that would Mm -hmm. get to you. That makes sense to me. I mean, Um, only after 15 times or so, though. Yeah. That's fair. You can handle it once, but yeah, if you do it over and over and over and over and over again, it would make me feel a little ill, probably, as mm-hmm. well. Um, so yeah, they're they're approaching this big geodesic dome. I'm gonna keep saying it. Uh, and it cuts to commercial, and when it comes back, it cuts back, they arrive at the geodesic dome, and the snake slithers up the side of it up to the top, and uh Jack and Aku hop off and they look at this little disc that's at the top of the dome, and it's it's actually like a little ticking clock sitting on top of the dome. And uh, Aku says that the clock will only open at the crack of dawn, uh, which Jack notes is like right about to happen. Yep. Um, <laughs> sure enough, the sun like peeks up above the sand dunes behind them and then the hatch just pops right open. Mm-hmm. Good timing. Uh, Aku takes out a grappling hook and uh, instructs Jack to climb down into the dome now that it's it's open from this little hatch. And then we get what is probably the best part of the entire episode for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack, and probably for you too, and for anybody who could possibly watch this episode, Jack lowers himself into the dome while outside of the dome on top of it, uh, Aku and the big snake are facing each other and taking turns flicking their tongues out at each other. <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun. Uh, another so thing silly real quick on the way up the dome the snake is making this like horrible squeaking noise as it's like traveling up <laughs> yeah. the glass like a like a dry squeegee yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good then it's got this dumb like smile on its face when it gets to the top <laughs> I everything love about snake. the snake i know <laughs> everything about the snake is good aku and the snake just silently <laughs> flicking out their tongues back and forth at each other where while jack is like efforting his way down this this grappling hook which sure enough like aku's not paying attention and the the hook falls off of the hatch and jack like falls down into the dome mm-hmm. oh it's so silly yeah <laughs> i love that snake yeah it's nice to see that aku has a, a playful side too He's having fun this yeah. time around. He's just goofing around with the snake. <laughs> He's got, he doesn't have a lot of friends, you know. I don't. He's <laughs> got a lot of people who you know. He's probably surrounded by a lot of yes men. So it's nice yeah. to have someone who doesn't really kind of comprehend like Aku's whole deal and kind of can just have fun with him. It's yeah. like a dog. It's like if Aku had a dog <laughs> around. Maybe Aku should get a dog. Maybe he should. Uh, although I think he enslaved all the dogs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. You shouldn't have dogs anymore. That would be inappropriate. Um, <laughs> now I feel sad remembering all that. There was That was kind of horrifying at points. Uh, but the dogs are okay because Jack saved them. Mm-hmm. Episode three, 
that wow. was. Yeah, we're wow. Something's gonna work. <laughs> it's just us, actually. <laughs> that was just that time. I was gonna it was just say, you and me. I was gonna say the episode has a lot of callbacks, but it doesn't. We do. <laughs> it did, and now it doesn't, and we're just trying to find them where we can take <laughs> them, and then it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Jack falls into the dome, and he looks up, and he sees like skeletons all over the ground inside of this dome. And they're surrounding uh, the final gauntlet, which is sitting in the middle of the room on another pedestal. And Jack gets up and walks towards this, this gauntlet and rudely steps on human remains, which crunch beneath his sandals around yeah. him. Yeah, he doesn't even try to avoid them. No, so disrespectful. He's like <laughs> crunching on human skulls with his big wooden sandals and like there's fumes coming out of them that he's like gagging on. He's like, ugh, stinky corpse. Ugh. He's probably thinking, what a rude corpse. I'm going to have to take a shower after this. <laughs> but he approaches that gauntlet sitting in the middle of the room and he inspects it again for traps. And then he goes into like a full Indiana Jones routine, like getting ready to pick it up while Aku is like sticking his head in from the, the hole above, like berating him for not picking it up quicker. Mm -hmm. um, and Jack does pick up the gauntlet and the pedestal sinks down into the floor. But this time there's no traps and a door opens on the side of the dome. And uh, Aku berates Jack some more being like, oh, there's a door, idiot. You should go use it. Yeah, doesn't he say something? He, the way he phrased that, I can't remember exactly what he says now, but he he says it in a weird way. Like, you, yeah. there's a door. You might want to be using it or something weird. <laughs> something. Yeah, I mean, the point got across, but the <laughs> delivery could have used a little, maybe a second take. Or yeah, something some, like some that. workshopping a little. <laughs> Sorry, maybe we know bring in another for. writer for a second. Yeah, Jack is walking slowly through this room trying to carry out this gigantic gauntlet and the sun starts to rise high in the sky and the nighttime fog surrounding this geodesic dome starts to dissipate. And uh, at this point, I kind of started putting together the pieces of what was going to happen next to Jack. Yeah, same. Yep. Seems it's pretty easy to figure out where this is going. I thought it was pretty cool, though. I was like, oh, this is a good idea, actually. <laughs> yeah. I actually really liked the way that they did it. It was just when it when it clicked, I went, oh, yeah. OK, of, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sun reaches a high enough height where it reaches like a specific panel in the room and then creates like a gigantic beam of light that shoots straight towards Jack. And he jumps out of the way just in time as that beam explodes in like a big fiery explosion on the ground where he was standing. Um. And more and more of these these glass panels that make up the dome start blasting off these fiery beams towards Jack like he's an ant under a microscope, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, kind of like gives the impression of why there's so many corpses in this room. Yep. It's a fool's errand. It to all makes sense now. But my mm -hmm. question is, who resets the gauntlet after somebody tries to Every take time? it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that nobody's ever gotten that, that far. The door's still open, so somebody could just come back at night and run in and grab it. Well, you got to, yeah, you got to wonder, does it only close if the pedest if the gauntlet goes back on the pedestal? I mean, it must. Oh, that's how I figure it, yeah. I don't know. I'm no engineer, so I can't <laughs> really tell you the science behind that one. But yeah, it is It is interesting. But it's, yeah, it is a fun, a fun idea with this dome in that now, yeah, Jack is like dodging all these death fire lasers from the hot sun through the glass panels. 
Um, and he dodges all of them, but he's starting to like build up a sweat. It's getting pretty hairy for him. And he looks up at the reflective, reflective surface of the gauntlet that he's holding. And he gets an idea and, and he places the gauntlet down and bends it in such a way that it catches one of these, these sun rays that's heading straight forward mm-hmm. for him. Um, and he reflects it off the gauntlet and blasts uh, the beam of light through the ceiling of the dome, just narrowly missing Aku, who's still like hanging out up there on the hatch. Yep. And this is kind of when we started talking about when did Jack figure it out? This is where I was like, he, I think he was aiming for him. <laughs> Maybe. I think he was yeah. like, I'm going to get him. <laughs> just give him. I mean, we know that the only thing that can defeat Aku is Jack's sword, but at least he can like kind of like give him a nice little sting in the bum. <laughs> yeah. Um, he does narrowly miss Aku, but he he's got this beam of light now reflected off the gauntlet, which he like guides it, guides the gauntlet around. So it like cuts a circular path through like the top of the dome and all of the glass shatters and the entire ceiling of this building crashes in around Jack and Aku leaps off the top of the dome onto the ground just in time to watch Jack walk out that door of the dome from the wreckage carrying the gauntlet with him so now Mm -hmm. they've got all the pieces of the puzzle and then Jack kind of throws it at the ground here which is another reason I think he might have figured it out by now because he's like here's your fucking gauntlet (laughs) chucks it at the ground hurry up Aku I've got to I've got to fucking <laughs> double cross you i gotta go back in time so i can kill you i can kick your stupid ass <laughs> it cuts back to uh the hermit tree house and aku is like struggling to drag this gauntlet across the floor and jack offers to help him but aku like snaps at him he's like no shut up i've got it and uh climbs up like a little staircase and clears his throat to start doing an incantation i think you might be right brendan because there's a like a dramatic sting uh, and like a music sting and the camera kind of zooms in on Jack's face as it seems like he's having like a me- a moment of like recognition or like realization. So like in this moment, like this is the moment that I thought that Jack figured out what was going on, but it mm-hmm. might've been just before this with everything you just said, kind of like makes more sense than like Aku yelling at Jack and then being like, wait a minute, only Aku yells at me. Wait, nobody yells at me. I'm Jack. I'm, the audacity of this man. It's certainly at this point, Jack knows that he's dealing with Aku. Mm. Um, took him long enough. <laughs> Just, <laughs> whatever, man. Uh, Aku has arranged the three gemmed armor pieces on the platform in the room that's beneath like a skylight in the ceiling. And he starts chanting uh, and this the cosmic nebula vapor trail that we saw earlier in the episode starts to float down into the room and like make its way into these artifacts Mm -hmm. and they start to quiver and quake as Aku's chants get like more and more frantic and and Jack's face looks like more and more concerned yeah I actually uh, I had it in my head the whole episode that once they got these Aku was just going to transform back and put them on I, I don't know why he couldn't just do that Instead of summoning Kronos, who I think is what's happening, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, you know, some kind of being. I don't, yeah, I mean, ultimately, Aku does do that. But mm. um, it, Aku seems very, like, happy to have minions do his bidding. I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's very happy to, like, either enslave creatures that will fight Jack or, like, free ancient demons from, like, and then curses of him, lore, yeah. and then yeah, like make them his 
tell them like, hey, I freed you. So now you have to do this kind of yeah. like the Jack and the Minions. Yeah. Yeah. The the he summons the cosmic trail from the sky and it, it fills up the gauntlets in the helmet. And uh, there's a huge explosion and the tree house explodes. And in its place, there's this gargantuan, gargantuan cosmic Titan that's composed of that orange star field. And it's, yeah, it's kind of unclear if it's like supposed to be like the embodiment of Kronos or if it's just like some cosmic demon thing. Yeah. I wasn't really sure. I assumed it was supposed to be Kronos in some way. Mm, yeah. But they, we don't really get an answer for that. There's no, we don't really like we don't even really spend a lot of time with this dude. <laughs> um, but it's it's now, yeah, just towering above everyone, wearing the helmet and the gauntlets, and Aku cackles and points at Jack and, and commands the Titan to uh go get him. So now even Aku's not even trying to hide his intentions mm-hmm. anymore. Um and the Titan slams its fist down, but Jack runs away into the swamp, which is apparently super shallow now. Like, it's barely even shin deep as mm-hmm. Jack runs into it. I mean, it might have always been, but he just didn't want to get his feet all wet. Yeah, he was on a raft earlier. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. Because he was using a stick to, like, pull himself along the, the ground. Yeah, I don't know. Just confusing. Um, because then in another moment, like other moments of the scene, he's literally like swimming, like in water Mm. that's above his head. So it's like, there's very sharp drop offs and like shallow points in the swamp water. I don't know. It's, there's nits to be picked. (laughs) And God damn it. We're going to pick (laughs) them. That's what we're here to do. (laughs) Um, yeah, Jack runs away, but it leaps after him and knocks Jack around and slams its hand down into the water on top of Jack. And uh, Jack sinks into the water below and the Titan pulls its hand up out of the water and uh, opens up his closed fist, uh, thinking that Jack is in it. But he's not because sure enough, Jack has swam away in this shin deep, not shin deep water. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Aku, who is still in his hermit form, yells to the Titan to like let it know exactly where Jack is. It's like trying to help Jack or help the Titan find Jack and defeat him. Mm-hmm. Aku laughs and calls Jack a fool, as Aku will do, but he's still putting on his hermit voice and uh, mocks Jack for being so blinded by his goal of traveling back in time that he says uh, that you didn't see the truth right in front of your face. You got him. idiot. Fucking dumbass. I got you again. I keep getting you with this same trick. <laughs> it works every time, although it doesn't actually work any time. <laughs> Ultimately, um, Jack is sitting in the swamp looking very sullen and uh, the Titan starts to rush toward him. But one of its gauntlets falls off and then like its entire arm falls off. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aku is like kind of confused by what's going on. And Jack slowly looks up at him and smiles and he says to him, uh, what's the matter? Missing something? Aku? And opens his hand to reveal that he's holding a gem that he took out of the, the Titan's helmet. Yeah, got it. Which, when did he do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Would have made more sense to me, I think, if he took the one out of the gauntlet when the, the, when the Titan punched him away. It would have made more sense, but maybe it wouldn't have had, you know, as much of an effect as taking the the one out of the helmet does. It wouldn't have been as cool of a drawing if <laughs> the one in the helmet wasn't the one missing. It's all about the art, baby. They're making up for their wind gust error that you so yeah, well, they pointedly pu- criticized. <laughs> um, but yeah, now Jack reveals 
at least to us as the audience, that he definitely knows that this is Aku. So who knows when he really did? But at least now we're kind of all on mm. the same page together, finally. And, and he go. might have just figured it out, too. Like That's it, possible, yeah. It might have been when the, he sicked the Titan on him that he was like, that's Aku. <laughs> Hold on a minute. This is familiar to me. I don't know. He's, not, he's just trying to play it off. Like, I knew the whole time. <laughs> I just have such a problem with the whole idea. I don't know. I just wish Jack would Spartan up a little Wise bit. Wise up a bit. <laughs> Fucking God, read a book. Man. You went to all these, these famous scholars in your childhood <laughs> travels. You've learned every ancient culture. Like, you could speak seemingly every language because you can go anywhere and talk to anyone at any time. I like, just assumed that everyone in the world spoke Japanese. And they were doing the thing that they speak English so that we can understand them. It's very polite of them. Yeah. Or else I'd have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Although, you know, I I, I would watch Samurai Jack uh, subbed. I might, actually, yeah. I could probably I do, do that. <laughs> but then we would miss out on uh, Mako. We'd miss out on Mako. We'd miss and out Philomar. on Philomar. Unless they could on, do yeah. them. I'd be, oh. I would watch that, <laughs> even. I would totally watch And it wouldn't even that. matter if their accents were bad, because I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Mako is was a Japanese man, so his yeah. accent would probably his be fine. His accent would probably be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be, yeah, I'd be, I would, oh, man. Well, maybe, I'll bet you, hmm, I don't know. I was going to say, like, maybe it would be interesting to, like, watch, like, a Japanese language version of Samurai Jack. But, like, am I really going to take the time to, like, watch the Japanese tr- translation overdub of Samurai Jack with English subtitles over it? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I've only got so much time. Making quality content is what we're doing. Now we have to. Bonus episode. I'm writing it down. Bonus episode. You and me talk about the Samurai Jack subs versus dubs. (laughs) It's going on the Uh, list. I also like the idea of calling the regular episodes of Samurai Jack that we've been watching dubs. dubs. (laughs) (laughs) That does it a bit of a disservice, I guess. (laughs) You really like that one. That was really good. That was really good. Um, Yeah, Jack. Jack now reveals to Aku that he knows it's Aku. And the Titan having its arm just having just fallen off. It takes another step towards Jack, but its entire body like falls apart and sinks into the swamp. And Jack gets up and points his sword directly at Aku. You have deceived me many times, Aku, but you have become careless. Your lust to destroy me left you the blinded one. And now, my trap is sprung. And for as much as Aku fucks with Jack all the time, this is like the first time that we've ever seen Jack like fucking with Aku. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Jack looks like kind of vindictive during yeah. this scene. Like he he's kind of loving it that he's able yeah. to like turn it around on him. Yeah. He's finally being like a little villainous himself and mm-hmm. yeah, like kind of getting off on like the power. What if at that point the sword jumped out of his hand and was like, no, man, you need to chill. <laughs> calm, calm down. Yeah, we have rules for this thing. You're getting you a little know? evil here, man. And Aku is an innocent. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jack's Jack's trap is sprung and he stabs towards Aku with a sword and Aku flies away and, and morphs back into his familiar towering Aku form. And in his familiar Aku voice, which I can understand every word that he's saying, 
he uh, calls Jack an insolent wretch. I think that's a new one for him. Yeah, I've never heard that one before, but um, it's kind of fitting with any mm-hmm. other thing that he's ever said to Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely on brand. Yeah, That's an Aku insult TM. <laughs> um, he shapes his fingers into sharp claws and lunges towards Jack. And Jack does not move, and there's a sound of clashing metal, and Jack's plunged his sword directly into Aku's big black belly and his body starts to burn away from like around the blade. Yeah, which is something we haven't seen before. Uh, We've never seen that like behavior of the the darkness. Like it's like literally glowing embers around like where the the wound is. Yeah. Uh, Which I thought was really cool. But also again, completely new. Yeah, it's usually just like black globs like flying mm. off of Aku's body and just disappearing. But yeah, in this one, he's literally yeah like burning it into nothingness, which I mm-hmm. think is fun. And again, like this is another one of those episodes which like raises the question for me, like where does Aku get more Aku from? When Aku's body gets gone, how does he get more Aku? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's got a supply of it somewhere and I want to get at it, get some of that for myself. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, he, Jack is now, you know, pretty, pretty easily handling Aku and Aku screams and grabs at his, his burning body. And he says to Jack, he actually says, bah, I say like Ebenezer (laughs) Scrooge. (laughs) And then he shouts at Jack and says, bah again. And a big supersonic beam shoots out of his mouth. That looks like the time portal that he shot at Jack in in episode one. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which is not the first time that Aku's had powers that look kind of the same exact way. That's just the Aku aesthetic. Yeah. Um, shoots that big beam at Jack that uh, knocks him away into the swamp. And Aku charges up his laser eyes and blasts at Jack. And Jack, remembering his recent training that he's just had, he uh, takes his sword and reflects that laser beam off the sword and starts carving a tear through the tree stump that Aku is standing on. And uh, it topples over uh, and, and Aku falls into the swamp water. There's kind of fun like camera angles during this fight of like yeah. diagonal camera angles, like looking up at Aku's giant tall body while Jack is like lying down in the swamp. I don't know. It's kind of sh- sh- like shot differently than we got in a lot of fight scenes. Like some like some Dutch angles. Uh, yeah. Like like Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Everyone's favorite film and filmed entirely in Dutch angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aku rises up from the water and Jack swims uh, up to him and cuts like a gigantic gash out of his body. And uh, Aku flies away and stands up ready to fight. But we can see he's missing like a huge chunk out of his side. And uh, he forms fireballs with his hands and hurls them towards Jack. Uh, but Jack swipes his sword and blocks them with like a big water wall, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. Neat. Good fight. He's water bending. Yeah. That's where Mako got the idea to make Avatar. Mm-hmm. It was Mako's idea. He said, yep. hey, Nickelodeon, I've got a show idea for you. And I I'm going to be I've been the working star. with Cartoon Network, but I'm willing to double dip. Well, I bet he pitched it to Cartoon Network and they were like, no, it sounds dumb. We only want real anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real anime like Samurai Jack. Yeah. I will I will give you the fact that Cartoon Network has more real anime than Nickelodeon does cuz you know, Toonami is a thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Nickelodeon has zero real anime. <laughs> 
not that I can think of. I'll bet they've tried. I'll bet they've like tried to dip their toe into that market and probably failed. Well, they had that one show where it was the American who lived in Japan and he was drawn like an American cartoon and everyone in Japan was drawn like an anime. I actually like that idea. Yeah, where he, like he had like really thick outlines and everyone else was like more of a sketchy style. I don't remember what it was I, called at all. I don't remember that at all either, but I like the idea of that. <laughs> also, what about like my life as a teenage robot? I mean, that's not an anime, but I think they were kind of trying to like lean into some anime stuff. Is that Nickelodeon? My life as a teenage, isn't it? I thought that was Cartoon Network as well. My life. You could be as right. As a teenage robot, American animated series, and it was on a television network called Nickelodeon. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was kind of going for that style, but it still had like the Butch Hartman kind of. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I would not <laughs> sit here and tell you that my life as a teenage <laughs> robot was an anime, but they were at least trying to do something like that. Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of these days, Nickelodeon will get it right. <laughs> Although they did get it right with Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yep. And in our, all fairness, that's not really a complaint that I have. I just like to bring it up. I know. I, know I, like I like, I like Teen Titans, that. and that's a fake anime. Uh, that's fair. Um, I know that you do that to push my buttons, and guess what? It works. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, Jack waterbends that wall, blocks those fireballs coming at him, and... Uh, leaps out and starts just like tearing Aku apart with a sword, just slicing chunks of his body, which all burn away into those those fun embers that, again, is the first time we've seen it. But it's a cool look. It's a cool visual, yeah. Um, And it really looks like uh, Jack's going to win here. Seems like this could be the end, yeah. He cuts almost like all of Aku's body completely up, and it all burns away. Um, And what's left of him is lying in the water, like very feebly, and Jack... He sees Jack leap up into the air to deliver the final blow, and and he brings his sword down onto Aku's body, and the camera pans underwater, and it's fun because we see like a school of Aku fish like swim away from where Jack's sword was. Mm-hmm. They're like little, I thought they were like little koi fish, but maybe it makes more sense that they're catfish because we're in a swamp. Yeah, probably, probably catfish, although Aku is a Japanese demon, so yeah. It's hard to say. Could be anything, yeah. <laughs> These little fish with Aku faces, they're very cute, and they swim away into uh, the water, into the submerged uh, gauntlet, like the submerged artifacts that are lying in the swamp, and Jack watches as Aku bursts up from the water wearing the gauntlets and the helmet. And he looks very weird, because he's got, like, no nose mm-hmm. in this helmet, I don't know. And it's not even, I don't even think there's like a piece of the helmet that would cover his nose. It's just like they decided not to draw one for him. Yeah. They look kind of looks like they just forgot or like it would have made it read poorly. Like it would have looked too weird if they did have it. So they omitted it. I don't know. It was an odd look. (laughs) Aku doesn't look good when he's wearing articles of clothing, I think is (laughs) what we're realizing here. Although he did look very good when he was a hermit and he was wearing a big white wig. (laughs) He's excited to test out the the armor that he's now wearing against Jack's 
mystical blade and uh, he punches at Jack and Jack just swipes his sword once and the gauntlet explodes into like a million pieces and Aku's forearm starts to split into these flames that creep all the way up like into his shoulder mm-hmm. so like <laughs> that was very short lived like the idea of Aku being like oh let's see how this goes and Jack's like alright well I mean, there it is if he'd been paying attention, he would have known that Jack stole the gem out of the helmet. So the, the set they were kind of work yeah, no anymore. longer powered. Now they're <laughs> yeah. just kind of like big metal objects. <laughs> all the magic. I think you need all three gems for that to work. I don't know. I'm no scientist. I'm no <laughs> swamp hermit. I can't tell you how it all works, um, but it didn't work out for him this time. And uh, Jack carves up the rest of Aku's armor and splits his body like straight down the middle uh, and his body crumbles into the swamp and uh, a little trail forms underneath the water in the swamp and it's heading towards a log and then a cute little Aku frog hops out of the water and croaks. <laughs> Why would he do that? Why would he croak? I don't know. He's a frog now. When he turns into a frog, does he like get the mind of a frog <laughs> like when jack became a chicken and ate a bug yeah and yeah couldn't it, believe what he had done is it like that he's just like a reflex i guess the difference is is aku knows what he's he's like purposely turning himself into yeah. creatures. whereas yeah jack literally became a chicken not by his own accord <laughs> um but aku does still croak like a frog which is very funny um and he looks up at Jack. He's sitting on this log and he growls at Jack and Jack like leaps to attack him. But Aku Frog jumps away into the swamp away from Jack. And, and that's the end of the fight. And Jack looks up to Aku and says to him, yeah, well, you better keep running, Aku, because he says that your destruction is only just a matter of time, which comes off as like a pun because this show is about time. <laughs> You know, uh, I didn't I didn't even pick that up, but <laughs> I don't know. It kind of seemed like he was maybe going for that a little bit. Didn't then he puts on his sunglasses. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, I don't know. It was funny, but he, he says it's only a matter of time. And he holds up one of those gems, which glistens into the camera like this. The, the moonlight catches off of it and it glows into the camera Um implying that well he's like got the gems and he's going to use them somehow and i promise you brendan there's absolutely no way that these gems will come up again in another episode they will ever. never come back <laughs> yeah, so i'm not really sure why they even bothered to do that <laughs> you know it seems this season they're trying to like they're trying to make this season more actiony they're trying to set up a lot of lore um and they're trying to they're trying to give themselves outs. They're like, well, let's establish something now so that we can mess around for the rest of the show. And then we'll we'll pick something and come back to it. <laughs> they just they like the like the gate in Jack and the traveling creatures. Like maybe they didn't have to go back to that. Maybe they were like, let's set that up. And then if it works out, we'll come back here. Um, but also let's let's put a couple more pots in the fire. Well, Brendan, I didn't tell you because I, I did when we talked about Jack and the traveling creatures and I told you that I know what happens with the guardian and gateway story later mm-hmm. on in, in uh, the end of Samurai Jack. Um, I, I, what I didn't tell you is that Jack returns to the guardian standing in front of that portal. And he says, Hey Jack, did you bring the gems? <laughs> I have the goods. I, I've got the stuff. <laughs> All right. You're good. You're good to go, buddy. And Step the guardian slots him into a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, man, I can't wait until we get to that point. But uh, at least for now, that is the end of this episode. Watch it. All right, Brendan, first episode of the new year that we've watched. What did you what did you think? I liked it. You know, I'm I'm really into this season so far. I think there's a lot of winners. Uh, while we were talking about it earlier and it sounded like you're pretty down on it. I was like, man, though, like I'm kind of I'm already starting to think about my top list. And because uh, we're we're more than halfway through the season now. Yes. Um, so I'm starting to think about my list and I, I'm actually having kind of a hard time so far. I, I'm liking a lot of this. I'm also thinking about my list and where this one might rank. It might be in a different position than yours is. I don't know. You know, time will tell. We've yeah. Got a long way to go until we get to those season end recaps. Um, Brendan, I told you last week that I was, you know, trying to have like more fun with these episodes and not take <laughs> them like super seriously. And then they but go I believe up with I, this shit. <laughs> I believe I also told you that like I was going to be fine with like fun, goofy episodes going forward as long as they didn't have any bullshit in them. <laughs> I feel like this episode was almost entirely bullshit. <laughs> like, I don't know, like the whole quest for the gems and like that whole plot falling apart, like that that became like a nothing plot and like the actual questing of like seeking out the gems was mostly uninteresting, except I did really like the um, idea of like the the geodesic dome with the destroying it with the sun ray that was yep. fun. Yep. Um, but that was kind of like useless. I think maybe I liked it more than I liked the seeking out the scarab parts and Jack and the minions. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that. But it was a similar vibe anyway, kind of like yeah. What they were doing. And I think at the time, or maybe it was the episode after the you said uh, one of the episodes we watched this season was also like that. So that kind of seems to maybe be a theme happening in this season is like let's Fetch do quests. a lot of episodes yeah where he's got to run around and collect three things like and i don't like that <laughs> apparently i don't think that's fun for like a tv show like and it's hardly fun in a video game where like you're you're the one doing the things like i'm i'm not having that much fun like watching jack yeah collect like i said like this week's MacGuffin. like what is the thing that he has to get like several pieces of to be able mm -hmm. to do a thing that like we already know is not going to help him like not gonna travel work. back in time like we already know that's not going to happen because there's a whole two more seasons of the show that we have to watch <laughs> um so i don't know i just have a problem with a lot of the structures of the, the episodes of this season so far, but this episode, there's just like a lot of that stupid bullshit. Like there's a lot of really funny stuff that happens. And like, I think a lot of the Aku interactions are fun because I think Mako is having so much fun with the character in this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is good. You like to see him have fun with it as opposed to like some of the epi other episodes where, you know, he's kind of playing it straight, like episodes like this or like, Aku's fairy tales where like he is clearly having a very good time or like some of the best Aku moments that we can possibly get. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to like give it props for like all of that stuff. But like, I just can't forgive Jack. It's that depending on how you interpret when Jack knew that it was Aku is going to like paint your perception of this entire episode. Cause if like he knew it from the start, like that, makes me less frustrated with him for being stupid, but also right. frustrated with him for like going through with all of it. I don't know. Yeah, I can kind of see that, see, but I never really had that problem with it. Like you do. I'm kind of all right with Jack <laughs> being oblivious all the time. 
Maybe that's one thing that I also have to start doing is like realizing that Jack is not as smart as I think that he is. <laughs> he's he's like, not I the Mary that Jack, you want him to be. <laughs> he's a great, strong fighter, but maybe he doesn't also have a very strong mind. Yeah, well, we know that he always was messing around during his studies, running around in the temples where he's not supposed True, to be. He's goofing around. He was supposed to be learning hieroglyphics, but he was playing slap tag with the <laughs> Egyptian children. So, yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's one other thing I have to do is not think of Jack being a perfect character because he's not. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. we've we've seen that. Like, he's also not perfect, like in will, like he'll he'll either like get super frustrated in moments where it would be good for him to be calm or like mm -hmm. uh, give up on fights, like maybe a little sooner than he needs to. So, like, I yeah. don't know. Jack is not an infallible character, but like maybe I'm just treating him that way and I shouldn't do it. You've you've got this mythos of Jack in your mind and that's I think not so. Jack the person. That's, I don't think it is. That's your image of Jack. Yeah. I, I In this moment from this episode, yeah, I'm, I think I'm starting to realize that Jack is like, a, yeah, maybe just a very different person than I had made him out. <laughs> to be he's which is kinda, fine he's kind of rude uh he's yes. kind of stupid yes he's, he's just, a meathead he's a strong guy he was royal you know he didn't have to be smart that's true he had a, he had his whole life made out for him <laughs> and kind of got taken away but he never lost that that hoity-toity <laughs> attitude arrogance yeah. yeah jack is above of He's above book smarts because he's got his fists. He lets his fists do the talking and the thinking and the learning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I got to think about how I feel about this episode. There's just a lot of stuff in here that was hard for me to swallow. And so, OK, well, and this is part of the point that I was trying to make earlier on in the episode. And I think maybe you were alluding to a little bit as well. I know that we have really, really, really good, important episodes that contribute to the Samurai Jack lore that are coming up here in season three. Yep. I've had them in my mind for the entirety of season three. So every time we start up a new episode every single week, I'm like, ooh, I hope we're finally there. Like, I hope we finally reached these important episodes that I've been dying to watch again. And then when it's not that, I think like almost anything is letting me down a little bit. <laughs> uh, that, that's kind of fair. You're uh, you're just you're so excited about this one thing when it's not I'm that waiting thing. To get to, I just want it to happen already. <laughs> when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just an interesting episode. And like I said, the very first time I watched it, being slightly hungover and like kind of cl cloudy <laughs> mind, I was like just very lost in what was going on in this episode. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but Brendan, I'm happy that this is, again, another one of those examples where, you know, <laughs> at least you're having a good time. I'm really into this season so far. I, I, can I tell. This is, it's impressing me. This is a highlight season for you. Yeah, this is like every episode is a banger in your eyes, which is, yeah. you know, I'm so happy far, yeah. for I, you to have that. I can't think of one so far that I haven't enjoyed. I wish I <laughs> wish I had that amount of joy in my life. But I'm a curmudgeon. Yeah, yep. everyone's saying it. Well, you you spent all your joy in the the early seasons, season two. It's true. Yeah, I fucked up. I should have saved a little happiness for later. <laughs> you on, liked that I... Dragon Cave episode a bit too much. <laughs> can Can you blame me? Did you hear the farts? <laughs> I I did. I heard them. <laughs> um, we'll get to those episodes. I'm looking forward to, and I'll 
<laughs> do my best to like frame Jack in a different light so I don't get disappointed by it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Come on, Jack. Stop stop romanticizing Jack. I don't know. Maybe I'll just I'll, I'll rewrite my own Samurai Jack episodes. I'll write them the way that I wanted them to happen. And then he does puts away his sword all cool style. <laughs> he, puts, he puts his sword away cool style for the entirety of the 22-minute episode. Just, just takes it out and then puts is, it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every other sentence is literally the same exact shot of him putting his sword away cool style. <laughs> That'd be good, right? I think people would watch that. I think that's going to probably happen next week. Uh, but for now, that is uh, the end of this episode. Uh, no emails this week. Um, if anyone did want to uh, reach out to us about uh, our show or the world of Samurai Jack, gutterrecap at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, reach out to us there. That would be great. And we would appreciate it if you would. Um, at the same time, head to uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gotta Recap, you can follow us there. Also, be sure to head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and drop us a five-star review. Uh, that would be a humongous help for our podcast. Uh, Brendan, I have a surprise for you. I haven't been Nick this whole time. I've been <gasps> another guy. Oh, my God. What? But I put on the same voice and looked exactly the same. Uh, so see, it's but kind of on you for not you knowing. You fell into my trap. I did know. And I did it to say uh, bye. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye.